Hello, I'm Todd. And I'm Rich. And this is Big Screen Boogeyman Season 2, Nightmares on Elm Street. And this is our final episode of the season, Rich. Yeah. Are you excited? And for our final episode of the season, we decided to torture ourselves with one of the worst movies, in my opinion. And this is not hyperbole for me. One of the worst movies that's ever been made in like an actual well-budgeted way. Like, you know, it was like sufficiently budgeted and put out in the theater. I think this is one of the worst movies ever made. It is the 2010 Samuel Bear piece, A Nightmare on Elm Street. And if you don't recognize Samuel Bear, Rich can tell you why. Uh, Yeah, that's because after this movie was made, he was sent back down to the minors. Mm -hmm. After this, his only credits are music videos and uh, some award shows. I think, honestly, he got off light Uh, because this this is really wretched. And it's rare because, as you know, if you've listened to the show, uh, Rich is normally the grump. I'm normally the more excited person. It's just two grumps this episode. Yeah. This is this is this made me hate horror. This is a travesty. I'm now nothing but Disney Channel original movies. Yeah, he's on my side now. Now you see how it happens. One day a movie just breaks you, and you find yourself watching Teen Beach Movie Two. That's what happens, Rich. I would watch Teen Beach Movie Two twice before I watch this again. I feel like you and I just made a deal. You got yourself a deal. All right, uh, I, I did not sign on a line. <laughs> I said I would. I I didn't say that I'm going to. So we've kind of jumped into this, but let's just more formally do it. Uh, We don't have a guest this time because it's the last episode uh, on our seasons. We don't do one on the first or last episode. Also, we couldn't do this to somebody else. Yeah. What would be the point of hurting somebody that way? It's supposed to be a fun experience with friends. And this is... If anything, if you haven't watched this movie yet, this is your chance to get out. Sure. Absolutely. In fact, okay, but let's let's do, though, our standard question. So we have nobody to ask... Uh, what their experience with the franchise is. This was your first time watching it since it came out, though, right? Yeah. Okay. The first time I watched this was from a Redbox movie rental machine, and that that dollar I spent to watch it was too much. Okay, so hey, you know, uh, I have seen this movie. Hey, on a previous episode, he told me that I need to talk up just how obscene, uh, obscene I, uh, my watching of movies is. And I've now seen this movie. This is the sixth time I've seen it. And that's because I watch 1,500 movies a year because I have no other hobbies and I'm a weirdo. Rich is very well balanced and this is the appropriate approach to take to this film. It should only be watched when it came out because you didn't know any better. Yeah. Or if you're doing it for podcast reasons. No. So let's, instead of asking, what are your overall impressions of the film? Because we already know that. Yeah. Do you want to highlight just at the beginning a couple thoughts about what makes this bad? And then we'll jump into the scenes. I mean, there's, it would be a shorter list to say what's good about it. And I think that list is nothing. That's nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah. This, there is no fun to be found in this movie at any point. It is just exhausting, gross, and just bad. There's only one time tiny moment that I give like even like the slightest like eh, yeah. you know, like that I did and I'll actually mention it when we get to it but yeah it's bad but like what let's for me I'll, I'll highlight a couple things and then we'll yeah. go back to you so for me when I think about what's bad about this movie having seen it so many times now I just don't think that Michael Bay the producer which Rich pointed out to me yeah. <laughs> which is funny to me on so many levels I just don't think Michael Bay the producer and the creative team understood what was good about the original uh, franchise okay. in Absolutely any not. way shape 
shape or form in that it's a film and credit to Rich here. He said, you'd almost think by accident they would have something yeah. good happen in here. And they just really don't. Well, it's it's a movie that makes you realize what bad filmmaking is. So yeah. you'll hear us compare it to the original a lot. I don't want to be that annoying. Only the original is good guy. No, but it's almost that like comparing it that's, to the original. That's just it is. Even Freddy's Dead has moments that are more entertaining yeah. than any of this movie. Looking to the original, which is good filmmaking, makes you understand why this is bad filmmaking. Yeah. So I think we'll talk about that a little bit as we go through it. So you want to jump in? Sure. Yeah. Or unless you have any other um, thoughts. I mean, there's, there's just there's a lot to talk about where this movie goes wrong. The casting, uh, the, the casting, the the deliveries are so wooden and like you can feel the actors being like, I am acting. Sure. I bring the acting and like nothing is natural. Jackie Earl Haley, who has been all right in some stuff. Terrible Freddy could not nail any part of this movie. Well, I said this when we were watching the film. I think that if you're going to recast Freddy, which is honestly, and I'm a, I love all sorts of films. I'm yeah. not just a horror guy. Uh, horror is my favorite, but I love all sorts of films. I can barely think of any characters in film history that are harder to recast than Freddy Krueger in that he's such a specific character. He's in this exact zone between scary and intimidating, but also like funny and almost endearing. Yeah. And it's just done so well. It's hard to figure out how to recast well, it, but you sure as even hell with a, recast recast, a recognizable actor. Even with a recast, yeah. with how this movie presents Freddy and uses him, he just becomes every other slasher villain yeah. with more jump scare. They do not use the fact that, that you know, Freddy is a, a being that exists outside of reality to their advantage at all. Even with its low budget, the original nails so much of, of what this movie fails on with a higher budget and all these people behind it. Yeah. And it just, if, if you're out there and, you know, you want to become a filmmaker, maybe you watch this movie just to know that no matter what you put out, it will probably uh, elicit more of an emotional response than this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a, a you know, because I forgot where I wrote it. I'll say this real quick and then we should jump into the scenes. But there's a silhouette scene of Freddy in here. That's the least intimidating thing I've ever seen, despite yeah. the fact that it's designed to be intimidating. And you compare it to the low budget, but heart of fucking gold that was put behind it. If the silhouette shots of Freddy in the original film, which are scary, but also like yeah. funny at the same time somehow. Well, it's all of the things that lack in the original from a technical standpoint were made up in, you know, in, in writing, in, in presentation. Sure. This, everything, it's so distilled. It is obviously a bunch of people with experience working behind it. It has so many resources and then doesn't deliver on any of that. Whereas, yeah, the original has this low budget charm. And, you know, there are spots where you can see a decision was made because of financial reasons, but they still make the most of what they have. Yeah. And this had everything and delivered nothing. Well, they had creativity on their side. Yeah. Uh, where what this is, this film does is just try to copy the creative moments from yeah. the other film. And what makes A Nightmare on Elm Street one of the best horror franchises to ever exist is that each film, even the dumb ones, have creative moments or moments that make you go like, ah, that's stupid. But like you kind of at least enjoy hating it. This was well, just copying or boring. Yeah. Well, I mean, the original was so successful that it yeah. founded a you know production studio and then paved the way for a lot of movies to come afterwards. This essentially just helped close the door on on slashers for a while. I don't want to see a Freddy remake again. 
again. It's, yeah. And it's one of my favorite franchises. And I would watch a hundred failed Friday the 13th films. Mm-hmm. This made me never want to see a Freddy remake well, again. The, like, it's just, I'm like, I'm not convinced it can be done. And yeah. this was so bad. The existence of this coupled with the loss of Wes Craven yeah. really makes me believe that this probably shouldn't be touched. I, I'll, I'll touch on an idea later that I think could be cool with the yeah. character, but at the same time, I don't want to see it done just because we could get another of this. Yeah, let it go. Let it, yeah, let it, let it just happen. So let's jump into it. The opening credits kind of sucked. Yeah. Uh, standard modern affair I put with creepy pics interspersed with generic font. It just felt like, I don't know, like it just felt like any fucking normal movie. Yeah. Uh, so I didn't care about it. The opening music. We have no title card. That's, that's the only thing of note here. Yeah. yeah. It jumps right into you're in a cafe yeah and we get what before we get into it do you agree this is the best scene of the movie yes after watching this i agree okay which is pathetic that's the only reason i want to bring it up is it's the only scene that even has like occasionally like moderately interesting shots or like in one cool gore moment but we're in this cafe and we see kellen lutz of Twilight fame, as as Hay knows from Twilight, uh, you know, as uh, sorry, as uh, Rich knows from Twilight, drinking coffee and trying to stay awake. Yeah. And I, I actually, I remember the first time I watched this, I was optimistic for the first thirty seconds mm-hmm. or so. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. We're starting with somebody who's already like freaking out about Freddy. Like, I like that idea. And then on the topic of shots, it is so obvious watching this movie that this was shot for coverage and and just over edited. You have in some of the action scenes just a nauseating number of cuts that are just so distracting coupled with just some useless scenes it just it lacks any artistry or creativity oh yeah no I completely agree so we're in this we're in this Kellen Lutz in in the uh, coffee you know he's drinking coffee we get introduced to a couple different characters Uh, but what we get is something that normally doesn't happen I guess in the Nightmare on Elm Street which is we normally don't have like a preamble kill you know or like I don't know what you would call this First, we have the startle. Like, first, we have them walking through the kitchen of the cafe, and there are pig heads everywhere. And then we just have a very basic Freddy jump scare from behind Mm -hmm. and a a fake out as he wakes up and is is surrounded by the rest of these characters. We then get introduced to a couple different characters. What you'll see happen a lot is that this film will say, hey, remember this? Yeah. And so we get introduced immediately to who I keep calling Mooney Rara. Rooney Mara as Nancy. Yeah. Right. So we get the shot on her name tag and then it pans out and you see Rooney Mara and she's a waitress at this place. Yeah. I'm still not angry yet about the movie. Like her as a waitress. Sure. I buy that. Let's do that. You know, and they're introducing these sorts of characters. Enter Kristen, who is, was that her name in the original film? I'm the wrong person to ask. (laughs) We have memories for shit because we've been recording these for a few weeks. And let's not get into it for other reasons too maybe yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, who knows uh, so enter Kristen talks to Kellen Lutz whose name I think is Dean about staying awake this introduces this idea that we're finding these characters already in stress and I'm wondering what you think about that like part of what I don't like about this film I didn't mind if it was Kellen Lutz in an isolated incident of like an Elm Street kid dying and yeah. then we're gonna get introduced to these four new people but instead all the teens are immediately freaking evil emo and morose yeah. if you're hearing that in the background <laughs> that is the third member of our cast hey that's podcasting so anyway uh we were talking about how we have this restaurant scene 
scene and they're introducing these characters. They introduce Kristen. What did you think of these people who we get introduced to before the first kill? So we have Rooney Mara as Nancy. We have Kristen, who is the blonde girl. And we have Quentin, who's played by Kyle Garner, the kind of like punkish emo kid. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that the line notes on him just said emo kid. <laughs> so I think the most surprising thing of all of this is that I recognized any of these actors and yeah. like Rooney Mara is a good actor and, you know, yeah. has been in some good movies and it's a real rough experience seeing her in this. It shows you why dialogue is important. Rooney Mara struggles with this dialogue and you can tell that she needs a good script where yeah. like, let's say people like Kristen Stewart or Robert Pattinson can take a bad <laughs> script. Okay. Okay, Todd. I'm not even going to mention the movies and turn it into like a good performance. Well, I just genuinely think that's well, true, though, is that it's hard to even gauge these actors as being bad actors because yeah. the dialogue is so fucking horrible. But on top of that, especially with her character, it feels like they told her to read every line as though she was just the dumbest per sure. person on Earth. I would just consider it to be like, a, uh, how did the actors do? It's almost yeah. like a not available because it, like part of it is direction, part of it is the script, and I guess part of it is their acting. It feels like an episode yeah. of Blue's Clues when Steve is is like, hey, wh where is this thing? And, you know, that's how her, her dialogue feels. Like, what is, you know, what is with Freddy? And then someone will say directly to us, the audience, this thing about Freddy. It's like, <laughs> it's like not to go on an acting tangent about Rooney Mara. She, she is good in certain films, but like she doesn't stand out here, really. Whereas like Jennifer Aniston in the first troll, you can kind of look at her and be like, you're a star. I yeah. get that you're going to be a star. Uh, and like certain people in these in these sorts of things. Uh, but yeah, the acting just does nothing to elevate this material. And it's yeah. rough. As, as we introduce these characters, we have a couple moody walk offs. Mm -hmm. And this entire section, I just put the note that it feels like it all of the dialogue came from like the dialogue bot 5000. Sure. It, it feels like this was just a machine designed to generate a reboot of, of a slasher film. Sure. It feels you can tell where producers fuck this up yeah. too because um, Michael Bay yeah well this opening scene which is the best scene feels like it's like let's take the peach pit and yeah. make it like dark and emo and it just has this I don't know anyway so Dean um, Kellen Lutz finally falls asleep yeah. he's walking through it's the least offensive scene of them because he's walking through this kind of creepy environment and then he encounters Freddy you see him for the first time we'll talk about that failure in a second but he forces Kellen Lutz. Well, wait, wait, wait. Nope. First, before the kill, we have Freddy doing the Christian Bale Batman voice. <laughs> well, he's saying you're not real. You're not real. Kellen Lutz is yeah. saying you're not real. You're not real. And then Freddy appears and says, I am real. Yeah. Where are the drugs? <laughs> I can handle this voice if Freddy was done better in other ways. Anyway, so wait, let's say what the kill is. Yeah. And then do a general assessment of Freddy since we've now been introduced to him. So the kill is the best kill on the move. Yeah. Probably. Right. Although I guess we'll technically talk about that at the end. But like he forces Kellen Lutz to slash his throat. It looks unnerving. Like mm. it's it's a little weird. It's one of only two points in the movie where I'm like, oh, and I had like anything resembling an emotion. Yeah. And it was that well, it's, 
one of them. It is the best kill because it is the only kill in this movie that isn't laughably bad. Agreed. It's but I do want to give it credit for like a lot of movies won't just show you the straight yeah. throat slash like that and focus on it. And you can tell it was one of the moments that bothered censors. Yeah. So uh, but then we go to the title card. Yeah. And then we go to the title card and the title card's fine. So uh, unless you had anything to say. Nah. Yeah. So we get this little preamble and then we go to the funeral. Yeah. And Kristen is there uh, or Chris, as they call her, and she sees a little girl yep. by the grave that is cut slash up. Slash marks. Yeah. Yeah. Slash marks. And then she wakes up. Yep. And this is something they do a lot more in this film than they do in the other film to its detriment, I believe, which yeah. is that they constantly are faking you out or yeah. doing these things to the point that it gets a little it just feels tedious. It is. After a little while. I, I, you agree. So, yeah. So uh, talking at the funeral and the therapist offers to see Nancy Clancy Brown, one of my favorite character actors. And this just goes to show you how soul crushing the like script is, which is that Clancy Brown might as well not even be yeah. in this film. You could cast literally anyone in this role because it's in two minutes of screen time and none of it's important. And for if you don't know who Clancy Brown is, that's absolutely fine. He's one of the top five performances in Starship Troopers, a movie with roughly 97 great performances. And he's also Mr. Krabs. Yeah. Uh, he's the voice of Mr. Krabs. But anyway, he's a great character actor. He's he can he's ham a that up. Guy. He's a that guy. He actually would be a perfect actor if he had been the right age for the original series yeah. uh, and the original franchise. Um, but uh, he gets completely misused here. Anyway, he offers to help. Um, he gets introduced as one of the parents and offers to help Kristen. Nancy tries to talk to Kristen about what happened, but is told to go away by Jesse, who they recast. <laughs> Leave it to Michael Bay to do this. They recast the character that was Puerto Rican in the original film yeah. as just let's the just go beige's shade of white. Let's just go full white on this one. <laughs> Michael Bay was like, you know what I'm thinking? There was only one minority character in the original film, but let's eliminate that. Yeah. yeah. Let's instead go with kind of like a preppy rich kid, which takes away from some of the interest of like the original. Anyway, I'll talk about that in a second. But so uh, anyway, Nancy's bedroom. Uh, well, first, we yeah, we have the, the Nancy believes like we established that Nancy believes in Freddy. And then we have this useless jib arm shot where Nancy and her mom are there in, in the, the graveyard. And we just pan down for no reason. This is the stuff I love being friends with Rich for because he notices things like that that I don't. But you're right. It's a movie where where money could have been spent so much better in yeah. other ways. They spent money on this ridiculous shot and something that doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's 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 a problem. Speaking of when I rewatch this film, so normally we watch these films twice. Rich could not bring himself to do that with yeah. this film. So he watched it once. I the first time I watched it, though, was right before Rich rewatched it. And there was a scene that I saw that's right here where I was like, Rich is going to get very angry when he sees this. And predictably, he, he was right. very yeah. angry. Yeah. We see Nancy in her bedroom and they. So we they, retread yeah. Wall Freddy from the original, which was originally done with a piece of latex and some paint on the latex to make it look like wallpaper and looked fucking great and still would have looked great better than the CGI monstrosity because it just looks so cheap and so poorly done and not scary at all. Whereas the original still feels scary when you watch it now and you have that ability to have the, the knives of the finger coming through the wall. And yeah, this is just, it reminds me of, of the Frighteners 
which is a movie that came out like 15 years before it and did this with CGI better than this. It looks bad. And the funniest thing is that when I go to hell, they don't understand the audience. What is something that hardcore Nightmare on Elm Street fans tend to have in common? It's that they love practical effects and they loved a lot of that aspect yeah. of it, right? To redo this CGI and have it not look as good and be from a different angle, just it just doesn't make sense. It's not going to wow new people. But at the same time, it's also like you're Who's not going to going to wow. Yeah, exactly. It's it just goes to why this really is, in my opinion, like a, a quite a horrible film. But so we go to Kristen's house. She asks mom about the picture that she saw at the funeral. So we forgot to mention that Kristen sees at the funeral a picture of her with Jesse, I believe. And she said, I didn't meet him until later. Or no, not Jesse. Who, who's dead? Dean. Kellen Lutz. She yeah. sees a picture of her with Dean. And she realizes, oh, I didn't know I even knew Dean as in, in preschool. And she asks her mom about it. And the mom goes like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. No, you didn't know him. So I looked this up because I, I needed to know. The budget for this was $35 million. <laughs> and sadly, it made money. It did 117 mil. Sure. That does not even surprise me in the slightest. It does annoy me a little bit, yeah. but like that sounds exactly right to me. That sounds exactly right to me. And it's ridiculous. So anyway, so we're in Chris's house. She's asking about the picture and the mom is evasive. I don't think the evil parents work as well in this film. No, they, you just don't care about them. Yeah. Like they, they could have been replaced by cardboard cutouts and the effect would have been the same. So Nancy's mom is a recognizable actress. She was in White yeah. Lotus. I should know who it is and I apologize. I don't know who it is, but I do know who, I do know who she is. Yeah. But she is somebody who plays a straight character typically. She's yeah. a good actress. Uh, you know what I mean? Like she's there's nothing wrong with her, but she just plays a very boring role here where the parents in the original franchises are always kind of like comically evil. And that's something that I think is missing from this film, because when you play this premise completely straight, it just doesn't work as yeah. well. The, the actor's name is Connie Britton. There we go. Connie Britton, who, as I said, is great, but she yeah. plays a specific role. No one is utilized well in this. No, 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 absolutely not. So, yeah, my entire note for this section of the movie is just exposition with a, an exclamation. Sure. Point. I'll highlight it real quick so people don't get angry at us. Uh, Kristen goes to the attic, looks yeah, around and finds doll. some boxes of old stuff. She finds her pick and some dolls. They monopolize on this like children are creepy thing. Not as well as the original. The oh, funny no. thing is they they violate the rule of they show so much more than you need to. And then eventually it goes from like interesting to creepy. Yeah. And so they show the little girl dress, you know, torn up. Freddy attacks her and jump she scared. wakes up. Yeah. yeah. Just basic jump scare. They do it so much more in this film, as I said, to the yeah. point that it gets monotonous and you just start to stop caring pretty quick. So we go to a high school hallway. Quentin offers to talk to Nancy about her feelings. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to retrace back a little bit here. Go for it. Part of why these jump scares are just so useless is that it is so obvious where each and every single one of them is going to show up. Mm -hmm. Like everything in this movie is telegraphed to the audience. If you've seen any slasher ever, you will be bored to tears with this movie. And it's weird in a movie about a villain who can potentially kill you in your sleep. This movie could easily put you to sleep. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, they turned like Freddy into like a slightly paranormal, like criminal minds villain. Yeah. 
you know, like it just feel, I don't know. There's some, I even asked at the end, this is a film where they, they emphasize the child molestation. And I was like, is this even R? I don't like yeah. understand this film. Anyway, do you want to keep going yeah. or do you want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we're at school. So we're at school. Kristen is looking at pictures of weapons. This is one of the only things that I think is cool in the whole movie. Uh, and it's, it just is a testament to how bad the film is as a whole. But it's just this one moment where I was like, oh, I felt something. The teacher is talking about like war and, yeah. you know, like ancient history. And she's flipping through the book and she sees these different weapons. And then all of a sudden she turns the page and there's blood in Freddy's glove yep. in like old style. And I was like, oh, neat transition. And then that's poof, one of we're into a burnt out classroom. Yep. That's one of two moments. And I've already named them both in the whole film that I thought were cool. Also bad CGI. That's it. That's it. So she goes into she falls asleep in class. Freddie's voice and look, we forgot to talk about Freddie in general. So let's yeah. do it here because I have in my notes. This is very professional. I have in my notes. Freddie's voice and look both suck ass. Yeah. Freddie looks look. like a yeah. candle you left in your car on a hot summer day. It's it's really uncomfortable how bad it looks yeah. in a way, because like you can tell that they were going like, we're going to make them a little more scary. But like it just looks weird. Yeah, it looks like somebody's first day in, in costume makeup. Yeah, it's like this movie go hard R and get creative. But like this movie went for like light R, yeah. you know what I mean? Like PG-13 and just has this like that face is suitable for PG-13. Yeah. Like do something creepier or have something more well, interesting. They, you think that they were probably going for realism, but it just doesn't work. It just doesn't look interesting. Realism in a dream based movie, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, that's what's uh, Kristen screams waking up in the class. Yeah. Jesse, Jesse uh, tries to follow her and screams her name in the hallway, but she just goes away. So let's get to Kristen arriving home and the dog is outside. We in, we introduce well, ourselves to Rufus as as she's she's driving up. We have to put the Elm Street sign right square in the middle of the frame so that you know where this movie is taking place as if it's not the name of the goddamn movie. <laughs> What's funny, too, is that like the scream movies do shit like that really well. Yeah, it's also just an issue of like what you're pointing out isn't even bad in and of itself. It just it's just need so to be there. dumb in the movie. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't work. I, it just did. I agree. Yeah, with she you. pulls up on Rufus the dog, one of his two scenes, and we'll talk about that later. Yeah. So her mom tells her she has to go to work. Here's what we know about the mom. She's a flight attendant. That's yeah, it. That's full character. Full character arc. Bye, mom. So the mom goes away. We now have Kristen at night in her room reading. She looks around having heard something. She attempts to close the window, but Jesse is there and asks to come in. And he does. Yeah. Right. And this is one of the Wes Craven shots. The boyfriend through the bedroom window, he used over and over again. And it was usually fun and entertaining. And this just wasn't. Well, it goes to how the market research here must have been horrible because later they're going to, and I'll harp on this again, but later they're going to copy the claw comes up through the bathtub yeah. shot. Um, and it's just like, there's a lot of things where it's like, yeah, Wes Craven did this like two to three times already. Yeah. Like, why the fuck are you well, showing and it to he me did again? it better than you yeah. every single time. It's like, and this is going to sound so dumb, but I remember like in the first season of American Idol, Simon Cowell once said like, don't sing a Whitney song unless you can sing like Whitney. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, don't do the Wes Craven move that he's already done multiple yeah. times unless you can 
and do Wes Craven. And here it's like watching like no offense, I, uh, maybe offense intended. Just Fuck rare, you, but Samuel like, Bears. Yeah, it's like this is bad. Like it just how do you take these yeah. scary concepts and make them so soulless and like what was unfun? weird to me is that I looked up the writers of this and yeah. both of them have worked on good movies. Like yeah. I I don't know how this happened. Yeah, it's it's, it's and that's just it. I don't unusual. really know fully where to place my blame because there are so many it's like a clue game. Everyone could be the murderer. I agree with that. She is telling Jesse about the dreams and Jesse says, hey, it's no big. But oh then, my God, we're having the same yeah. dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're having the same dream. And she freaks out and he's like completely okay with it. Yeah. And then she asks he's him like, to I'll stay. stay over. Yeah. yeah, and he does. So <laughs> it was just so funny because I was like, how funny would it be if he said like, no, like, yeah. uh, like, but anyway. So Kristen's asleep. She hears Rufus barking and goes outside. It's yeah. just very obvious it's a dream already, but that's fine. And then we get, we get to harp on this for like a good 90 seconds because this is ridiculous. Yeah. The Rufus is dead. Yeah. So we get, yeah. So, so we hear Rufus barking and then Rufus is dead. Yeah. Dead dogs, they're a cliche in horror and slashers, but I have never seen a dog death handled as poorly as this one. It's not even offensive. It's just incompetent, right? Yeah. It's just dumb, right? Like there are films that are exploitative here. It's just like It's stupid. just so pointless. It's so it's a dog's dead. So when during the film, I was talking to Rich about how like if you're going to do something emotional like that, like I'm not a something's taboo to cover yeah. it, but I am a there are certain topics that you should have a little more responsibility when yeah. you do. And it's like so many people hate dog deaths. Why the fuck? If you're going to do it, make it have meaning. Yeah. So I think like, for example, a film like Funny Games utilizes the horror of that yeah. to like perfection. And I think there are certain films that do that. So I'm not against it, but this is just like and there's a dead dog. You yeah. don't know. You don't even hear. Not that I want this so badly, but you don't even hear a squeal or something. No. Like, you know, like the dog. It's dead. just, it's just he's like standing there and blood like, on a dog. Yeah. Yeah. It's so dumb. And another like Freddy boo to camera moment. And this film is full of them. They always make the jump scare straight to camera as though this jump scare is actually going to land. Yeah, it's a problem. So she Kristen. Uh, She's back at the elementary school. Here's the Freddy song from kids and starts scratching the and Freddy starts scratching the blackboard and then she wakes up. Jesse was asleep because he's just like the. Uh, well, there, there's also Freddy at the chalkboard like he and he delivers his line with like his jaw slack and like and it's just bad. What if we made a clever, funny character, a slack jawed, boring, like just creep yeah. instead? Like, I don't know. What if we made Freddy one of the most likable horror, horror villains miraculously of all time? Unlikable. Yeah. And then we put him with unlikable teens. That would be amazing. Anyway, I mean, <laughs> let's move on. But she goes to the bathroom to wash her face. Then she goes back to bed and Freddy says, fooled you and starts to attack her. Right. So there's a little joke there. It's Freddy's only yeah. real joke that he gets in the movie, I would say, which is joke. rough joke Quotations. in quotes. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you heard the quotes. And then we copy the, the ceiling kill just worse in every way. Yeah, that's it. That's how Kristen dies. She dies in the exact same way, but more boring. And well, yeah, half the time she's just dangling in the air, which is nowhere near as scary as being dragged across the ceiling, bleeding on everything. I, I feel like we forgot how effective that original scene is when we were making this. Well, it also, okay, the whole time it's happening, it has her boyfriend's perspective, the back yeah. of his head and him screaming like, no, which seems really cheesy, but you feel in that guy's 
guy's place, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you feel like really creeped out where here it just cuts to him going like, no. And then there's just one slash and then we're done. Yeah. And she's dead. Oh. The original is up there with like the shining, the elevator doors open with the like it is something that is etched on the memory of horror forever. Yeah. And this I've already forgotten what it looked like. They didn't choose to copy like the witty dialogue or yeah. like the happy go lucky teens that eventually get corrupted they chose to just copy horror scenes and do the well, and you figure at some point somebody should have talked to Wes Craven who probably could have helped them avoid a lot of this sure no 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 I agree Jesse okay so Nancy's doing art in her room mom tells her to go to bed Jesse shows up in her room bloody and it's just you know like yeah. just a simple scene there's nothing really to talk about here so as Jesse goes to Nancy this is something that becomes really apparent is the lack of, of motivated lighting in this and motivated lighting is something in film where you try and light scenes in a way where it's at least plausible to you the audience that the lights that exist in this room could be casting this light on our characters it helps us immerse as an audience it helps things feel real whereas in like commercial lighting it just is is lit it's lit in a specific way to to get this look you usually have a rim light behind a character to make them pop from the frame they use this shit all the time in this movie and it just makes it look cheap and mm -hmm. shitty also like this film as i was watching it i told you that it feels like this was designed for a 12 year old this was in the era of dvd rentals sure and my my suspicion is this movie was designed for the 12 year old kid to put on the stack of dvds and say this is my pick and the parents are like oh, yeah sure whatever sure. you know nightmare on elm street i remember that that was a good movie well this is also like towards the decline of like dark versions of yeah. things isn't it like well, marvel it was, not that marvel is horror but marvel starting to change the landscape with like more quippy versions of things and well like, it was also as horror was trying to adjust to the popularity of stuff like saw it was in this new wave of more extreme horror that they tried to you know make these classic slasher movies in an edgier format and it most of them just failed miserably it just feels like a confused film yeah, yeah. i agree with you that it, it feels like it's for 12 year olds who didn't see the original yeah well that's just it is yeah, yeah. It, this is clearly not made for anyone who's ever seen the original yeah and like there is so much freddy talking in this movie and all of it is bad so we have uh quentin at a computer and it goes into sleep mode as he's doing research on sleep deprivation wait we have that already where are we oh jesse was okay got he it, gets got arrested it. yeah then jesse arrested by cops in the middle of the street um, oh and the cops say fuck because cops we're an edgy movie we're rated r and then oh i don't have uh oh real quick i have jesse gets put in cell with some dude and uh nancy calls quentin and says need to talk to him yeah. so quentin's on the internet googling, uh, googling sleep disorder when he starts to go to sleep the computer goes to sleep and then he's just in a library and then he's in a library and then nancy wakes him up see how much i just have to describe what happens it's because nothing interesting is happening yeah if, if this podcast episode feels bad we don't take responsibility we're just telling you what happened it's the one time we blame yeah. them every yeah. other time it was us sure this time this is, is Samuel Bear well cause it's just a film where stuff happens yeah and none of it's interesting in any way like I'm really interested I wish I could like interview Samuel Bear I wish we could and just say like respectfully like what are you proud of in I mean do you movie? think he's off his shift at Waffle House probably Ooh, we should try to interview <laughs> Samuel Bear although that that comment we would need to cut uh, but 
<laughs> he has a cameo that no one has ever paid for. This man has a successful career directing like the Emmys now, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, the Emmys, that, that award show who's who's doing great right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Jesse's in prison. Yes. Is woken up and told he has bail. It's a dream though. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So this is going to be the... Is this death. the steam pipe room for the first time? Yeah. Which is funny because this is the shit I... It's the only shit I find boring from the original Nightmare Elm mm-hmm. Street films is when they do too much time in the steam rooms, like yeah. walking around. And that's what this is, right? So he sees little kids, then he sees Freddy scraping the metal. The spark the fingers. fingers. Yep. Spark fingers. All stuff we've seen before. Yep. Too much talking. And then finally a claw through the chest. Yeah. All of that. And then it's just a claw through the chest. Yeah. That's it. But no, it's not it. Because then we cut back to him as oh, Freddy's yeah, like, yeah. I still have six more minutes to play because your brain is still alive. And then because we're non-creative as fuck, I don't even know if I made up that word. Uh, we basically don't see any of it. So yeah. it's just like, ooh, yeah. use your imagination. Uh, well, we, we do see his cellmate being like, I didn't do it. Like, well, no shit. Where did you get five fucking razor blades in your jail cell? <laughs> My God. Ah. You know, it's funny because like I try to always like fight the cinema sins person in me. But then this movie really challenges you on that level because some of the stuff just makes no sense. Anyway, so they're at a diner or coffee shop studying. Quentin offers Nancy Adderall and she's yeah. the first high school student in history to turn down Adderall. Yeah, it's just a fun fact. Just say no. Yeah, just, just say, say no. no, Nancy. And they talk about the Pied Piper and how they're both dreaming about children. And yeah, because a big theme of this film, which we haven't really fully talked about yet, but we might as well just critique here and then because we're about to come to a lot of examples is a big theme of this film is, hey, let's take away Freddy's fun side and let's lean in on the fact that he's not just a child murderer, but also a predator and molester. Yeah, yeah. this film needs you to know that it wedges it in there every opportunity possible. Yeah. I, what's the rationale behind what, what Why would we spend 20 minutes of screen time getting to know our characters or finding reasons to care about them or what's about to happen to them when we could spend all of that time talking about how they were molested by Freddy as a child. And when we talk about this, we mean every character has two or less traits. Yeah. It's based and all of them have the trait sad. Yeah. That's it. It's just that bad. Well, you've seen it. Otherwise, why are you listening to this? Actually, we have listeners who don't listen to it. Yeah. So if, thank you. If you haven't seen it yet, again, don't. It's <laughs> don't. It's bad. Um, Catch us on season three. <laughs> Catch us on season three. Nancy's bedroom. Mom yep. comes in and Nancy asks if there's a connection between all the kids and the mom just boringly says no. And then she calls someone and just like, she's remembering. She's remembering. Compare that to the hilarious alcoholic mom from yep. uh, the original film and like the dramatic like smoking mom who puts bars on the windows. And it's just almost embarrassing that they made this movie. It feels disrespectful <laughs> to keep mentioning the original, which was good. You know, given that Wes Craven is no longer with us, we do I not want to associate anything, him but in I'll this try. film any more than we have to. I just want to celebrate Wes, though. All right, so... So then, now we go to the bath scene. And how the hell am I not supposed to talk about Wes Craven then? So, yeah. Uh, so Nancy's in the tub, and here's my note. Wes Craven did this in two movies. We don't need to see it a third time. Yeah. We get the classic if Nancy in the tub scene. Yeah. And they just kind of copy it, but a little bit more boring and not quite as interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Not, or, they, they're the just like, yeah. hey, what if we just drained all tension of this and and just made the 
worst version. Rooney Mara. Okay, I'm not. I'm gonna not gonna argue Heather Langenkamp is a better actress than Rooney Mara because yeah. I don't think that's probably true. No. But Heather Langenkamp did such a good job in the original film that it makes you realize how hard it is to deliver certain horror dialogue and to like feel like likable and vulnerable because yeah. when you watch it in this film, it just seems like this soulless thing that's happening to a character you don't give a shit about. It just feels like well, that's not because- even like a jump scare. It just feels like, oh, I guess that's creepy. Most slashers will at least spend a little bit of the runtime establishing these characters, yeah. giving them characteristics and traits that, you know, that define them and give you a reason to care about what happens to them. Absolutely. But not this. $35 million, no character development. Absolutely. So Freddie, she falls asleep and then Freddie decides to tell her all sorts of creepy things, call her yeah. little Nancy and tell her he was his number one. Yeah. Do we need to talk about that? It's, yeah, Freddie is just rapey and gross. Yeah, that's it. Cut to Nancy's house. That's what I have. Or no, they're no tr- this is this is where um, Quentin tells her that Jesse is is dead. Oh yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know when you die in jail, they call your friends yep. and are like, "Hey, your friend died in jail." They also cinema sins. I'll have to ding after this. They also say, "Well, he died in his sleep," which makes no fucking sense yep. because they would have just assumed that the cellmate murdered him. I'm even not sure the cellmate didn't murder him. Yeah. So like, I don't know how they knew that anyway. So ding. Um, but we get to Nancy's house. Nancy and Quentin find pics of the kids together. Yep, they find the secret school photo. They find the secret box that for some reason wasn't destroyed during the murder cover-up. And they ask the mom about it and she just... <laughs> this is to me an example of where the writing is bad because it's like they could come up with nothing more creative than for the mom to say like, give me that picture. Yeah. Just get... No, just give me... <laughs> just give it to me. It's just so boring of a version of what could happen. But the mom tells the story about the gardener and this becomes kind of the Freddy backstory. And oh man. So this this first flashback, I mean there are problems with all of these flashbacks. But this yes, first are. flashback with this notion that Freddy was the beloved uh maintenance guy and like the kids are all playing with him and hanging out with him as though that is something that would happen in any universe fucking ever. And also any maintenance man that acted like that, you would be immediately suspicious of. You put the sawdust on the puke and you go home. I think that would have made I think that just made more sense in the 80s when we didn't care about children. Yeah. Does that make sense? Because uh, so I'm older. I'm a little older than Rich to the point where it may matter here even in the slightest. I'm still old enough for back pain. That you're old enough for back pain. But like I do remember maybe it's just growing up in the rural south or whatever the fuck. But I remember like being friends with the janitor and I would talk to the janitor a little bit. You know, like like, stuff like that. Having a couple conversations. Sure. But like him actively playing with the kids kids at recess is a whole different layer of the All onion. Right, you convinced me. You convinced me. You got me. Like, um, it's, and it's also, it's just so like cheesy and stupid looking like his expressions, just all of it just yeah, yeah. does not fit. I think you got me. Yeah, I'm on board. You're right. So we go to, that was where I blacked. Oh no. Okay. Then we go to swim practice. Oh, as they leave. So the mom tells a story about the gardener as they leave. Quentin's dad comes in, Clancy Brown comes in and uses his acting chops to say get in the car yeah anyway so good good job Samuel Bear and writers um, and casters. Uh, so we go to swim practice. This is if this is the third most impactful moment on me in the whole film. 
film, but it has nothing, anything to do with the writing or anything. I just felt how much it would have been exhausting to go to swim practice after two days of being awake. Yeah. That was it. And that's how bad the film is. It was the third most impactful thing on me was well, I went like, whoo, those kids. The thing is, that would have been a far more effective death than most of this movie if you had Freddy <laughs> he just drown a kid in the middle of swim practice. How did they not drown the kid? Yeah. You're right. It was so obvious, but no. It almost felt like they punished creativity in the writing process yeah. and like production process for this film. It so, almost feels like they were like, always think about the average. We have Quentin in the pool goes into a dream yep uh where he watches clancy brown and the parents burn freddie in the the refinery whatever it is the the general factory where they burn child molesters and, and unlike the other versions where of the, the film where you get these kind of beautiful campy versions of the yeah. horror you just get a straight boring non-impactful kind yeah. of version of it yeah while watching this quentin decides Decides, I think I'm going to be on Freddy's side now. Maybe he was a good guy. Yep, he does. <laughs> and as so as can uh, as Clancy Brown throws this Molotov gas can through the the thing, burning Freddy runs at Quentin and he wakes up. Yeah. And then Quentin is like, I got to confront my dad. Yeah. And so Quentin confronts the dad about how. Well, for see, first, Nancy yeah. is watching vlogs of someone else who worked at the school mm -hmm. who then kills himself in the vlog and some somehow managed to upload the video because you know freddy reasons but this is our only diversity in this movie so this <laughs> is the only diversity in the movie and i mean the only it's and amazing all he got was a skype call yeah he got a skype call it was like he was in a secondary world but yeah quentin confronts the dad and is like how do you know he was guilty we were five-year-olds we could have said anything which is i think almost problematic in like writing like like it's a little dangerous to say but like also like yes five-year-olds can say anything but it's also like why would you choose to put any of this here <laughs> why would you yeah why do you want to confront child confessions of sexual assault and like yeah. a movie teens are going to make out with each other too so no. one of the things about me is, is that i am an avid D, D player and in D, &D one of the the common items is a 10-foot pole and i wouldn't even use that to touch this fucking shit <laughs> exactly it's just like no stop talking about this yeah it's and somebody just in case you don't write in again we're not saying there aren't ways to talk about this we're saying they're this not in not this the movie way. and it's not yeah. the way so anyway so uh so then we retread the body bag scene only shittier because it's Kristen this time yeah and then she spits blood out of her mouth i don't know it just looks stupid it just really does we, we sound like old guys complaining but it's really that bad of a movie i yeah. promise I dare you to either. watch this movie and feel otherwise. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but this is where Quentin's like, we're having micro naps. So, like, rather than explain when we're falling asleep, like, Freddy just shows up whenever now. So they try to go to the drugstore and get more what is essentially Adderall. I, I yeah. forget what they call oh, no, they, it, but they, it's Adderall. This is where he steals the adrenaline or soon. Yeah. Soon, but this is where they're trying to get Adderall. Yeah. And Nancy and, burns herself in the parking lot. Yep. Well, first, yeah, she's in the, the aisle and we have Shadow Freddy like phasing in and out no, of 
resistance. She burns herself first. Oh, shit. And then, yeah, and then uh, Quentin is trying to bully the pharmacist into doing it, and then she goes in after she burns herself. Gotcha. And then she's walking among the hallways of the, or, you know, the aisles. The pharmacy. Of the CVS substitute. I don't know where you ever, you live regionally, you know what we're talking about. Uh, so you, the local drugstore. Freddy's pharm- Pharmacy. Freddy's Pharmacy. And he, uh, she's walking through the aisles, and they kind of like, because they're playing with this idea of like yeah, these the micro naps, she's like going in and out of reality. And it's just like dark versions and light versions. And now, like, this is something that could have been used sure. to be cool. Once again, we do not stick the landing. No, we don't. It's an idea that's not horrible. Yeah. As much as we're trying to be positive, I'm the positive guy on the show and look yeah. how negative I'm being. But yeah, as much as it's a decent idea. Yeah. It, but I don't know. So she's walking through the hall. Freddie is walking through the industrial in like the industrial setting and then the pharmacy hybrid thing. And he cuts her arm and, and she, she pulls a sweater. Up. This is. <laughs> and she what? She gets a piece of his sweater. That's right. Yeah. She gets a piece of his sweater. So that's where she gets the idea for what eventually will become the boring yeah. conclusion to this. So they bring her to the hospital. They're mm-hmm. trying to sedate her. We're spending way too much screen time on mom and the the attending nurse of of whether she signed the authorization paperwork and she runs away. Well, it's because they said we didn't focus enough on the drama in the original film. So that's what we're going to focus on here. And it's a dumb decision, but that's why they do that, right? Is they're like, we're going to try to make this real and gritty and it just doesn't work. So we get to shooting adrenaline in the parking lot. Yep. Quentin's car. He's stolen adrenaline and he takes it. Nancy refuses because don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. Nancy's such a rule follower. Like, to me, rules go out the window at this point. Um, but they're driving and talking. Quentin asks why Nancy won't come out with them. So they try to do some character development for the characters yeah. that, and, spoiler, yeah. live anyway. So who the... I don't... It's just... It just makes no fucking this, sense. This was the part of the movie that I almost started to nod off. Just like, I could not care. Well, I've seen this film six times and I had to fucking force myself against my will to pay attention at this point to take notes. Yeah. And I still have blacked out written twice in my notes because I just couldn't keep caring. So Quentin says that he'll take her on a real date and then he sees Freddy in the road and he crashes the car. Yep. And they find Freddy's basement. They find Freddy's basement at the school. Yep. Here we so go. He was actually yeah, guilty. They, they really, they really need you to know <laughs> that Freddie did shit to these kids because they bring it up like 15 times in this fucking movie. That's only 95 minutes long. Yeah. So they find pics of Nancy and it's just implied because some yeah. weirdo wrote this. And then like, it yeah. really is well, like I, somehow this film, one of the films that we've already discussed has the concept that Freddy is the child of like a hundred rapes and yeah. somehow those films make it seem less creepy than this film makes everything well, seem. And it's also, it's seems. just so fucking stupid that Freddy has the secret chamber of the basement in the school building that is like, I don't know about you, but there were not many secret, uh, secret rooms in any of our schools because that's not shit that happens. No. It's just not true. Well, and also somehow, Especially despite all of this drama, which is all this is yeah, like well, in a comedy, I'll buy that because who the fuck cares? Yeah. But like in. Yeah. And yet they've somehow done nothing to disturb Freddy's chambers in all these years <laughs> after murdering him and covering it up. So everyone forgot about him. But let's leave all of his stuff in the basement of the school. Mm-hmm. Agreed. 
So Nancy goes to sleep in his fucking bed. Yep. In Freddy's be- gross-ass bed. Yeah, and then they have, I have written down, they have a mental battle that's mentally exhausting, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, uh, so yeah, Quentin falls asleep first. We have a bunch of scenes where it looks like they smeared Vaseline on the edge of the frame to uh, to it make look it look good, yeah. hazy or just put like a post effect, and it just looks dumb. We have... Hiding in the closet and another Freddy jump scare. He says some creepy stuff to her about dresses. Yeah, we try and do the liquid floor scene once again with a higher budget and a lower result. Uh, And she (laughs) drops through a blood bubble. And now we go into creep overdrive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in case you weren't aware, Freddy Krueger was a child molester. You know, I I hate saying this, but it almost feels like one of those scenes where you're like, was the writer creepy here? Like when you watch... It definitely has that vibe to it. Like, yeah, it's like, did you like writing this scene? like it just feels so weird and again there's a time and place for this in movies it wasn't this it just wasn't so anyway it just looked like somebody's gross fantasy fulfillment yes it's anyway Rooney stabs him in the eyeball with a pair of scissors yep And And then then we Pulp Fiction. Quentin's trying to wake her up. This is what... That's the adrenaline shot to the heart. Yeah. Quentin hits her with the adrenaline shot in the heart. She wakes up and grabs him right as he's about to stab her. Yep. I don't even mind the adrenaline as an idea. I think it's kind of a cute idea. Yeah. uh, I just wish that they hadn't done the the Pulp Fiction shot, like, almost verbatim. That's fair. No, that's fair. But, like, uh, it makes sense in the world. It doesn't... I'm trying with a film this bad. The optimist in me is still trying to delineate between like, but this was okay. Look, I'm saying that we should take the master print of this film to a refinery somewhere and then burn it. Man, can you imagine that? This has to be someone's like movie that they're like, that was pretty good. And I just and that person is a fucking creep. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, if if someone lists this in their top five, I'm defriending them. (laughs) (laughs) What? So um, right as Freddie is about to kill Quentin, Nancy cuts his hand off yes and then says you're in my world now bitch which is done better by the lady from freddy versus jason yeah who screams it and then she cuts off well she cuts his throat it feels like she cuts off his head but then it's actually just his throat gets slit yeah it feels like all of this stuff is an insert shot too because during the, the like extended creep sequence with Freddy. He's back at her house, a place that Freddy never was, a place that, you know, where the original movie takes place where she goes to sleep to go fight Freddy. And I'm guessing was possibly even filmed like that in this movie. And then they're just like, you know what? Maybe we could go back to the torture room and and really just make sure that there's not anyone left in the audience that didn't know that Freddy is a creep. I agree. Uh, so, so, yeah, I, it all felt like justification to have that paper slicer there. So she gets her two shots in and then burns the place down with an oil lamp. And then we finish with Freddy behind the mom in the mirror, stabbing through her face. So we go to Nancy's home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which I wouldn't have cared about this as much if it had looked all right, but it, it looked looks really so fucking bad. Um, you know, her and the mom are having a conversation and then Freddy jumps out of the mirror and kills 
kills the mom. And, and once again, credits. a jump scare is straight to camera roll credits. Yeah. It looks horrible. It's just, I don't know. I think when you make a direct remake where you copy a lot of shit, you ask to be compared to the original to a yeah. certain degree. And this is another thing that they're doing with the original, which is the mom dying right at the yeah. end like that. But and it's even, so fun and weird in the yeah. original. And it's just dumb here. And like, there's some annoying asshole out there who's like, whatever, the CGI is better than that ridiculous, you know, mm-hmm. like, th- uh, you know, special effect. At the pulling end of a mannequin yeah. through a window. And it's like, no, it's not. Because the Nightmare on Elm Street did it like amazingly, entertainingly bad at yeah. the very least, where this just looks kind of fucking average. One of the biggest sins this movie commits outside of just the creep Freddy emphasis is also that, you know, Freddy does not harness the abilities of, of being this dream entity at all. Sure. He feels like any basic slasher just with, you know, less explanation as to how he gets his jump scares. It's just an episode of Criminal Minds. Yeah. Like, it's well, not... You think you back know. to the original Nightmare, you have, like, the scene with, like, the long arm Freddy as he's doing the sparks. Stuff like that really feels like a dream. Yeah. And in this, he's just this guy that's swinging his hand at you. Or even to compare to how it evolved, you know, like, okay. I'm a, we're, you, we both love three, I love four, and you kind of like four. Like, at le- you know, what was great about those is that they got really creative with the kills. Yeah. Right? So I just feel like when you have this much time to think about it, how is all you give us copying the shit that we've already seen? Yeah. Well, and... But and not as good. I was going to say, if any of this was even approaching the level of quality of the original, we probably would have given this a pass on some things. Yeah. But none of it even comes close. No, no, absolutely not. So that's the end of the film. They do, they sing that dream yeah. song at the end. Clever. Ha ha ha. Uh, so let's talk about it. First thing, what would you do to improve this film? This is something that I think that they were trying to play with here that I think could be done interesting. The the notion of, of Freddy using sleep deprivation to torment characters for longer is something that I think could be done well in the right hands. But those hands have never touched any of the production of this film. Imagine a film, if you wanted to get really crazy, imagine a film where they just tortured one person for yeah. an hour and a half. And it was like this cool character that yeah. was just well-developed. Well, And instead of just leaning into Freddy is a creepy person, like let's ramp up the psychological horror and the, you know, being unable to distinguish reality from dreamscape. Sure. Like, I think that there's a lot of stuff that could be mined out of that. But once again, with Wes Craven gone, let's just retire this character and let's start making something else. I agree. Let's retire the character. My answer would be less pedo stuff. It's implied. Yeah, holy shit. It's implied in the original film. And here's the thing. Some people are going to be like, what's wrong with you prudes? I know because I've seen the letterbox comments when I write stuff like this. And my answer is one, what the fuck? But two, there's a time and place for it. Number three, this movie specifically leans into it in a way that can only make people uncomfortable. You, If you like this, you're weird. Mm. Uh, if you like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like those scenes. Uh, or it can make people feel neutral or uncomfortable. And in the end, what's the point of making people feel like super uncomfortable about something like that that can yeah. be so personal? The thing is, yeah. like, I probably wouldn't have mentioned this had it been like one, you know, one mention of it. But no, they, they keep, keep retracing this over and over. Yeah. And like that as 
aspect of Freddy's personality actually is the only one that is is shown in this movie. Yeah. It, he is just so one note that his personality is pedophile. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's just weird. All right. Um, second, what was your favorite kill? <laughs> uh, in quotes. Yeah, the first one. My answer is the first one too. It's the only. It's the only violence that's even moderately interesting in the yeah. whole film. Number three, what would you give this out of ten bright shiny razor fingers? One razor finger shoved up your ass. <laughs> You're going a full one. I am gonna go a flesh wound, which is half a <laughs> half a score. I I um I have a list on Letterbox, which is the ten worst theatrically released films I've ever seen in my life, uh, and this is currently number six. I I hate this film so much. Question for you, mm. having known you for for a while, which would you rather watch this one more time or Dreamcatcher? <laughs> All right, I'm going to answer honestly this. I'd probably watch this again. Well, okay, here's why. It's shorter and I enjoy hating it. Where Dreamcatcher, I find... Okay, I have a weird... I, I know a lot of people don't like Dreamcatcher. I hate Dreamcatcher. Like, every scene in it I find so either boring or... And if we, as we've talked about this, I have um, whatever poopophobia is. That's I, fair. But I, I have that and there's a scene in there that honestly makes me vomit. I, I will take all of that into account. But the... It's also longer. It is. Yeah. But the thing is, some of the beginning of that movie is at least a little bit fun. Says you. <laughs> compared to this, compared to this, to this. I think I enjoy the emotion of hating something more than the emotion of being ambivalent to something. Fair. There we go. But yeah, I can't I can't fight you on that anymore. So that's uh that's our take on that. Um now it's time for us to move into a couple of other things. All right, so now we're gonna jump into a couple of end of season things because this is gonna represent the end of season two and unlike Halloween there uh, doesn't seem to be anything on the horizon for this right now so well with this being the last entry thank fucking god thank fucking god alright so we're gonna go into our three favorite kills from the franchise to start let's go with number three and I'm gonna go with uh, Rich first what do you think number three number three Debbie from Nightmare on Elm Street for the cockroach death okay <laughs> nice nice I, the cockroach death is pretty great uh that might come up again uh so number three for me is welcome to primetime bitch uh i just am too big of a tv and movie fan to not love the idea of somebody being killed that way and i like the little nod to hollywood interview shows and stuff like that so yeah big fan um number two for you uh, Taryn from Dream Warrior, the needle fingers. Ugh, don't do drugs, kids. Yeah. yeah, that's a really creepy one. So for number two, I actually went with the cockroach kill. Nice. That's that's one of my favorites <laughs> of all time. It's the one I remember from when I was a kid and watched these a lot or yeah. whenever I could. Yeah, I, I think it's one of the more entertaining, entertaining moments of of four. And it's set up in such a funny way. And like, yeah, yeah I just I like it a lot. Interesting. OK, let's see where you go with number one number one is tina in the original nightmare the real dragged up the walls okay. like that scene just her shaking and her acting in that feels better than anything in this this remake and it's just someone screaming on the the ceiling of a room Damn. but it's so effective and it's so memorable and it's so iconic i'm gonna go into this into a moment but i uh, let's go let's hear it. your first oh, okay you want me to go first yeah. i went with an i went with a kill 
a different one from the part one. Mm -hmm. I went with The Bed of Blood. That's uh, that's also a good one. I, for me, there's just something so shocking visually about that when it happens and it just, ah, there's something about that that just hits the right way. And I think I'm also biased by having seen the behind the scenes about how like chaotic that was. Yeah. And how they made it, but that's just my favorite. So, so the overarching theme with what I picked and I think the, the thing that to me is the kernel at the center of the Freddy character, what sets this franchise apart from every other slasher is that Freddy can draw from the bizarre and surreal in a way that no other major slasher villain can there's there is a potentially an argument that leprechaun does but other than that it leaves it in a spot where the kills can be far more creative even if they're somewhat stupid but they're so much more memorable and distinct than than almost any other slasher franchise you can you know you can debate when you're watching a new slasher movie whether it's more you know michael myers or jason Voorhees or leatherface but if something is inspired by freddy it is immediately apparent and it it is its own thing. Yeah. No, I completely agree with that. And I think that that is a completely respectable pick. That would be in my top. There's just so many good ones yeah. with him. Yeah. I love but that, it. that's just it is like his kills are so memorable because nobody else touches this, this ground. Yeah. And that's why the, this new one and that's why so we need bad. to never make another. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why we need to make another. Some things are better left, uh, undealt with as, as, as the, the character in, in pet seven, Cherry said, sometimes dead is better. Sometimes dead is better. Wait, was it the old man? Did he go, sometimes dead is yeah. better? Sometimes dead is better. Sometimes dead is better. I often do a voice as we're transitioning to rankings, as long as you're getting yeah. those up of your, of the films. Uh, I often do this voice where I copy that guy from Pet Cemetery. And like, I'll if we ride through a rural area, I'll see a sign and it'll say like Elms Grove. And I'll be like, no, nobody talks about Elms Grove anymore. <laughs> Not since 97. I mean, that is the quintessential uh, Stephen King voice, the, the <laughs> maniac. All right, so we have nine films to, uh, to rank here for our end-of-season rankings. So let's... Let's go ahead and start with number nine. I wonder what it'll be. <laughs> uh, could that be the one that we just finished watching? That would be Nightmare on Elm Street 2010. A Nightmare on Elm Street 2010. Sincerely, one of the worst films I've ever seen. Not yeah. because you'll see it and you'll be like, oh, how incompetent. But really, at the end, think about how you felt, what it did for you. I, it's, I think it's just a failure. Yeah. So I go with the Nightmare on Elm Street 2010. So I'll go with my eighth pick first. Let's see if we're in the same place here. I went with Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. Same. Okay. Not that great, although it has some clever moments. It's just not that great. No. It's not that great at all. And you have to be suspect, uh, uh, um, subjected to Roseanne Barr, yeah. which is, you know, its own problem. Okay, number seven. Let's see if we continue the trend. What did you go with? I went with Dream Child. Okay, I went with Dream Child as well. Like, it still has has moments where it's, it's decent, but it does not come together as a whole the way the previous films have. I will say f- Freddy's Dead and A Nightmare on Elm Street I consider to be bad films. A Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child, I can considered to be like an acceptable horror mm-hmm. film, but just not that great. But there are parts of it, I think, that are really funny, like Freddy emerging and saying it's a boy. Yeah, uh, I just like little moments like that. All right, six. It's my turn to go first. I bet this is where we finally 
disagree. Let's see. So with six, I went Freddy versus Jason. I went with New Nightmare. Okay. Ooh, interesting. All right. So we're starting to, to, to divide up here. I mean, I at, at this point, like most of these, I at least like somewhat. Sure. But a New All Nightmare. All these ring three and a half or higher. Yeah. Yeah. A New Nightmare is good and and was a, a cool new direction to push the character, but it just didn't land as as much on a rewatch as I expected it to. I I originally thought New Nightmare was going to be real far up this list sure. and was kind of surprised at how I felt watching it again. Sure. I'll talk about it when it's like top ranked for me. For me, uh, or when it's, you know, like higher ranked for me. For me, uh, Freddy versus Jason is just pretty good. Yeah. Like that. that's kind of it for me. Like I enjoyed it, but I think it's a more consistent movie than the next movie I have up. But then A New Nightmare, I consider to be in a different tier. So mm-hmm. we, we just disagree on that. So, but, uh, f- okay. So let's go to number five. So that's where I have Freddy versus Jason. Okay. That's where I have A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge. Okay. Okay. So you have Freddy versus Jason there. Let's talk about Freddy versus Jason. Fun film. Yeah. It's one of those films. Someday I'm going to make a list called That One Scene, though. Yeah. Movies that need to be fixed. And there's a scene with Kelly Rowland that just sticks out so awkwardly in this film yeah. that I, I hate that. But then, I don't know. I like it, but there's this juiced up Mountain Dew X Games vibe oh, yeah. to it that like that makes me like it slightly less than the other films, even though I like it. It's I mean, it's less of a film and it's more of an amusement park ride. Sure. I uh, I'm a big. The thing is, though, it's funny for me to be defending putting it lower because I'm a big defender on uh, line about uh, Freddy versus Jason. I think it. the thing is, these crossover films are impossible. Yeah. And it somehow did it. So anyway, so we did five. We'll talk about every film when it comes up second. Number four. Uh, that I have Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's right, Revenge. Let's talk about that for a second. Go so for it. This movie has improved with age. I don't know. It's very fun. It gets a lot of undue hate in the community. Yep. And it is a better movie than those reviews are are putting it out there as. Yeah. I mean, I have it fifth. I like it quite a bit. Yeah. Um, I just have four movies that are god dear for me in, yeah. uh, in this series. But I have this fifth. Um, it's the most amazing in terms of gay subtext of any film yeah. I've ever seen. But also the kills are kind of cool. Yeah. And like the characters are interesting and there's just all sorts of bizarre scenes that stick out. You have far more attachment to characters in that than the movie that we just discussed. Well, absolutely. Right. And we have uh, I mean, it's a film that was interesting enough to make a documentary about. Yeah. So I obviously I hold it in high regard. So for number four, I had New Nightmare. I just think this film is genius in concept and I like the kind of slow pacing of it in this weird way. I, I think it's a longer film and it shows Freddy in a different way. And mm-hmm. I uh, I think it's the scariest that, that Freddy is. Yes, I agree. I'm obsessed with Heather Langenkamp uncomfortably, maybe, <laughs> uh, which is part of why I think I just like it so much. I just really like her and stuff. That's like, also yeah. why we can't record this podcast within 50 feet of her. <laughs> uh, I laugh to avoid crying because it's true. Uh, no, but um, in reality, I just I like her. I just think she's great. She's just one of my favorite scream queens of all time from when I was a kid. And I just think she does a great job in that film. And 
I don't mind the look of Freddy, which I think in some ways you hated, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So we all have the we we have the same top three. Yeah. Let's just see what order they're in. I bet they're in the same order. Probably. Actually. So for number three, I have a Nightmare on Elm Street for the Dream Master. Yes. Okay. For the record, even though we have the same top three, we may view these differently because I have three five star films in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Yeah, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna commit to that. Now, for the record, for anybody who's judging me, I only give, according to Letterboxd, five stars to two and a half percent of films I watch. I'm not like some doles out five stars like I'm a crazy 16 year old. You know what I mean? Who just yeah. discovered cinema. I just fucking love. You're not somebody films. who listed Avatar as five stars. No. <laughs> But I just I just love these films. So number three, we put a Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Has one of the coolest kills in the series with the cockroach kill. It's got that Rennie Harland spirit to it where I swear to God, Rennie Harland can take any film and increase its quality. Like he can take a script and increase its quality by about like a half star to one star. Well, he's he's a director that understands fun. Yeah, he he really does. And and that's kind of what stands out about these last three. These are fun film like these are movies that you can usually put on in front of somebody who's not into horror or these genre films and they'll walk away and be like okay that was pretty good you you may not make a new horror fan but you'll you'll usually get a decent review yeah and i think what i like about part four sometimes it's been as high as number two for me is that um it's got this just vibe to it this mm-hmm. like i don't give a fuck vibe to it that i just like i think this might be interesting the final two the last two do swap back and forth on me on occasion and right now i have dream warriors there but sometimes like i, I often one? think are we talking about the for, end? for number two number two okay yeah. so the thing is well wait we don't talk about it till the well, second yeah, time it gets yeah, brought yeah, up okay <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number two is A Nightmare on Elm Street, yeah. the original one. So now let's and jump into it. I can understand. It. Yeah. Your and number one is... Is A Nightmare on Elm Street. Let's talk about that first real quick. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's there's not a lot that we can say that we haven't said in an hour and a half of podcasting on it. But A Nightmare on Elm Street was a franchise and a studio builder. It is horror incarnate. It is yeah. a classic for a reason. and And that's why I have it as number one. But since we're going to be talking about it anyway, Dream Warriors, I still think, is probably the most iconic Freddy. Yes. To me, I give all three of the top three for me five stars. So it's mm-hmm. always nitpicking for me. I love these three films so much. And to me, the the tiebreaker is I love that. And the first film doesn't do this as iconic as it is. I love that in part three, the kills are based around their fears. Yeah. And that the fears are all set up well, you know, like, yeah. and well, they're all, yeah. And like the kills are just so fun. <laughs> Fucking brilliant in part two or part three that yeah. I could have I could have almost named all of them. Number four, five, six, and seven for me all would have been from like part three because I love yeah. uh, the drug injection kill. I love the um, the what do you call it marionette kill. I love yeah. Well, and that that's just it is when somebody you know thinks of Freddy Krueger. Nine times out of ten, they're actually thinking about this Freddy Krueger and not the yeah. A Nightmare One Freddy Krueger. Yeah. And it's weird, you know, to acknowledge that because so few, you know, sequels that are released actually, you know, eclipse the original sure. in the the memory of people. And this one did. And it hurts because it's not Wes Craven. And yeah. Okay. I would love to put Wes Craven on a 
lie detector and ask him if he liked part three. Yeah. Because I don't think he wants to admit he liked it, but I have to think he saw that and was like, that was pretty good. Yeah. You know, like that was well, pretty good. It understood good. the assignment. It understood the assignment brilliantly. Yeah. And it like um, the kill in it and in some ways really improved it, in my opinion, like in terms of the formula. I still yeah. think the first one has kind of a cooler overall dreamlike vibe. But the thing that always sticks out to me about the original is that they accomplished so much with so little and and it has truly stood the test of time similar to the first halloween i think that as as we go into our season three i may not hold the original friday the 13th in the same esteem no no. the original friday the 13th is one of the like lesser i love it because i've seen it like 40 times it's not the best movie in the franchise whereas most of these other ones the original is at the very least tied for the best friend the original of all of these have a fully formed idea of what this thing is going to be and friday kind of grew into jason Voorhees being who he is Mm -hmm. no 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 absolutely no absolutely okay so we have our top rankings yeah. here. Let's talk about the state of the franchise as our second to last thing. And then we got a, an announcement at the end. Yeah. What What's your views on this franchise as a whole now that you've gone through this experience? As I said before, sometimes dead is better. And like at this, this point, there are a lot of good movies in this franchise. I think that some of them still hold up. I think that we do not need to unearth Freddy again. I, I just, I don't think that I've seen somebody that stood out to me as being able to carry this and and bring it in a new dimension. I completely agree. I can't picture what a good Freddy remake would be like. For me, this is probably, even though Friday the 13th will always hold the most special place in my heart, I think this is probably, by most standards, the best horror franchise. Mm -hmm. It's, It's the creme de la creme, but I really think Wes Craven was important, but there were some good sequels. So I, I'm starting to think Robert England is just irreplaceable. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I'm yeah. going to also, I'm going to, I guess, walk back my opinion a little bit. I think the idea of, of surreal kills and, and dreamlike death could be touched again and and mined for a another movie. I just don't think that Freddy Krueger should be that movie. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like, part of what I was about to go into is I think Robert... Robert England as Freddy just retired it, just retired it. It has to be like, I really push the audience to think about a better characterization by an actor. Yeah. You know, like I'm not saying Robert England is the best actor of all time. Oh, Clearly not. <laughs> but his portrayal of this role may be among the top all time, like portrayals of like perfect, just casting meets role dynamite, ex- you know, ex- explosion well he truly made this role his own and yeah well they tried to replace him in the second film and then they realized like oh no it's him it's him like it has to be him and that's that's what's weird to me is that they were so or that they were capable of doing that on freddy 2 and that they couldn't figure out that that was going to be the spot where this last film fell apart all right well we ready for big news sure so big news is we've as we're moving into season two we're starting to figure out stuff we're going to do this as a yearly podcast probably for right now and we're going to release it every october in horror season and spooky season and we have decided there's a certain inevitability to it is 
isn't there yeah. though there was a lot of debate about where we were going for season two there was about a half a second of debate about what season three would be so we are doing my all-time favorite favorite horror franchise the leprechaun movies oh. wait <laughs> and a horror franchise that if you like grumpy rich get ready for season three because yeah. i think you will get it in spades because we are moving into friday the 13th jason mostly yeah and uh <laughs> is that what season three is going to be called no we'll figure Big out screen a, boogie we'll season three jason better, mostly we'll figure out a better name but what do you think about the season three decision i think i will not fully realize the the weight of my agreement until we get into these films <laughs> oh you won't but this is believe it or not the film this some film franchise i've seen the most probably growing up i kind of love all these films and i'm predicting rich is only gonna like two to three of them as far as really like i don't think he's gonna hate Mm -hmm. in almost any of them but i think he's gonna only really like two or three of them it sounds about right yeah yeah, yeah. so it'll be fun so rich thank you for joining me in this second season thank you for for putting this together no problem we are friends we are excited we are having a good time and we are excited for season two so until next year watch more horror yeah and watch out don't go to sleep all right good night and uh goodbye rich later